It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to the Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to everybody out there. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving and all of that. I am thankful for our next guest taking his time out on this uh, this important holiday. To talk a little baseball, that'd be one Rob Bradford from the Baseball is a Boring podcast. Bradford, how are you? Listen, it is, it's a lot of fun. I always like these shows. I was like the go-to guy for all class reunion nights. Oh, yeah. WEI. Yeah. Yep. I, so this is kind of my jam right now. And and by the way, Stiz, I just told him, I hadn't got a chance to talk to him. I'm so happy for him for being uh, your guy to run your ship yes. and, and yep. do the Red Sox stuff. Well, well earned. And that was another example of it right there. I don't know if you know this, Rich, but that song that he just played, yeah. John John Schreiber's walking music. So, How about that? That's right. I yeah. picked it. I, I, thought, mean, I thought you were going to say you went to high school with the lead singer Stain. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty good. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? He's a Massachusetts but, uh, guy. He's a way is western. He, is yeah, he really? He's like Springfield. Yeah, Springfield. He's way out there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had John Schreiber on today's Baseballs and Boring, so it was fresh top of mind. Nice. Um yeah, so he uh, we talked a lot about uh, how his beard looked Amish, which led to how what, they make great furniture. How that led to uh, other other conversations. So it, yes, yeah, pretty. That's uh, what you get. That's pretty that's good. What you, that's yeah. what you get in baseball. Isn't boring. Sure isn't. I'll tell you, Amish talk. It is. I mean, the uh, the off season is is nowhere near boring. There's a lot of big big names that are free agents. There's some other big names that are likely to be traded. But let's take you all the way back first to Craig Breslow's. Intro press conference. We spent a lot of time talking about that. What were your overall first impressions? I know you know the guy and you covered him yeah. when he was a player, but yeah. as far as like him in this role, what was your first impression? Well, my first impression was it was the first ever former blogger for WEI.com <laughs> How about to that? take over. Yeah, he blogged for us during the 2013 uh, playoffs. So oh. we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And, and feather in our cap. <laughs> um, but I, I think that, I mean, when you talk about that, that intro press conference i've said this i think before which was it, that wasn't necessarily him like i give him a lot of credit for memorizing his opening statement right, but right. if i if i was going to workshop that i would say don't memorize your opening statement because it just talk just talk yeah 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 it was somewhere in between like so what he is, he's got a good personality. He's a witty guy. Uh, you know, he once you get him going, he's pretty good. But I, listen, he's never been in that situation before, so I'm going to cut him a lot of slack. There was a lot of sort of corporate speak, and I, I do think this, Rich, having gone through this past year talking, you know, doing the podcast with all these executives, 
I am exhausted sort of by this new wave of executives about how they're conducting interviews, how they just will not let their guard down. And mm-hmm. it's worse than, worse than ever. And I think that Craig will eventually, but, but it's not like Dave Dombrowski who gets up there and says, uh, yeah, we're going to, um, we're going to trade for a closer. Probably going to be Craig Kimbrell <laughs> yeah. and we're going to sign David Price for $40 million more than the next competitor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do. Right. Everybody sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Because my takeaway was, and it, it's, it's not going to matter if the moves are very different, but it just sounded so similar to Heim Bloom that like that part of it was kind of scary. It's like, oh, this guy also, similar background same college same uh in many ways like way of looking at the game but if Breslow goes out there and hands out a 250 million dollar contract like well suddenly it doesn't really matter to me what he what he sounds like well in fairness theo epstein also went to yale so True. i mean it's like and, and he made some big moves so he sure did yeah no he, I, he I definitely mean, did much like i don't like to be portrayed as the same as john cena because we both went to springfield college right um, i don't think you should paint it all in that <laughs> that brought a brush yeah no uh, that's fair um I think, but it's a fair point. We can't, I think that Breslow will be good, um, but we don't know. We don't know how he's going to approach things. We have no idea. I think that the perception is that the ownership wants him to be bolder and bigger and and get in on some of the free agents and win the free agent battle and and maybe make some really one-for-one trades that are really, really difficult. But we just don't know. But I think all the things that I mentioned, those are the things we're going to be looking out for. I, I don't think there's any question. And um, and I know that with Haim, he obviously did a lot of good things, but he also he was in on some big trades, right? But, like, for instance, the Glabar Torres thing. Like, okay, like you have interest in Glabar Torres. You want to trade for Glabar Torres, but you didn't ultimately trade for Glabar Torres. Are you going to be able to, if you're Craig Breslow, get uncomfortable and do what it takes to pry a guy like, and I'm not just saying him, mm-hmm. but pry a guy hit like that away? That's what we have to wait and see. Well, and what's also, and you mentioned Dombrowski, who was kind of as advertised and like what people thought he was going to do, he came in here and did. And, and one thing for a new, I guess, chief baseball officer is it easier for those guys to trade the minor leaguers? Because those aren't minor leaguers that they drafted. Those aren't minor leaguers that they signed. They can see wherever they're ranked, and they can see wherever other teams value them. But wouldn't they be more likely to, to deal those guys away in potential big trades? Uh, sort of. So when I was at the GM meetings, I was going around asking these, like, Hazen and Sherrington, these guys, would say, well, what was it like when you went to the organization and you get dropped there and you know you have to make trades and you don't even know the guys that you're trading? And he's, and they said, really, you don't feel totally comfortable with the entire organization having a handle on everybody for about a year. Now, you say, well, they could just trade away whoever. But I think I would say this. Still, they're going to be judged if they trade away the wrong guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, they, and they're good. That's a bad trade. It doesn't matter whether you drafted them or not. So I think that the bigger question is, are you going to be more willing to trade minor leaguers, whether you're familiar with them or not? doesn't matter. Are you going to be more willing to do it? Because one of the things that paralyzes a lot of these new age GMs is, well, you know what? We, we think that this guy's going to be, we see the best in this guy. We mm-hmm. drafted him. We developed him. All this. We see the best in him. And then you hang on, you hang on, you hang on, and boom, you don't trade him, and they're just okay. Dombrowski, I don't care. You can tell, say he gutted the farm system, whatever. He rarely traded away the wrong guys. Almost never. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I was trying to think in my head, like, who, when was the last time they got burned by this? And I remember 
you know, growing up for years, it was like, they traded Jeff Bagwell. Can you believe right. they traded Jeff Bagwell? And you're like, all right, well, that was like, what, 91 or whatever it was. And I'm trying to think, like, they've given up some good players. You know, Hanley Ramirez, if you want to go back to that, uh, he was a good player. But, like, what you got in return was well worth it. And those yeah, guys yeah. were great, and they won a World Series and everything else. So I don't – is there even an example of the last time they actually got burned trading a prospect? I mean, you could – there's examples where – like an Anthony Rizzo, right? Right, I he mean, was good, but, like, I feel like he wasn't even that back, good for well, the people, Padres. People, all, all, people also forget – Adrian Gonzalez was insanely good True. in 2011. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's you're right. It's the Al Jefferson thing. Yeah, like, right. Right? It's the, ah, uh, go back to that. Ah, uh, man, I like Kevin Garnett, but we can't give away the future. <laughs> Al Jefferson's the future. Yeah. And Gerald Green. Like, I run a contest. Green. I nuts? mean, he, he can jump. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, and, and so you go way back. I mean, Pedro, how about Pedro? Pedro. Yeah. Was Carl Pavano and Tony Armas Jr. Carl Pavano? I know. How can you trade Carl Pavano? So yeah. there's there's plenty of examples. They kept there. Brian Rose in that scenario, right? Wasn't that the big coup? They kept yeah. Rose, I think. <laughs> how did you ever do it? But this is another, and I and you know, I I know that like sometimes I lead into like oh Dabrowski did this, Dabrowski mm-hmm. did that, but mm-hmm. it's another thing that Dabrowski did. He didn't trade away Rafael Devers. You know who he did trade away? Yohan Moncada. Yeah, and, and Manuel and so, Margot. And Manuel Margot. Manuel Margot took you know a couple teams to even find his footing. Right. So I I think that I think that he did. As I go, I'll go back to it. I thought he did a really good job of identifying guys that really weren't going to hurt them. Um, but you also at some point you have to find the guys who are foundational guys. And I and to be honest with you, and I know Sox prospects who do an outstanding job. They just came out with their rankings today. And they had Roman Anthony ahead of, of Marcelo Meyer. Mm. And so if Roman Anthony is a foundation guy, if he is going to be the guy that you're saying, give him the $400 million contract uh, or trade him to the Dodgers, then then fine. But you've got to start identifying foundation guys because one thing about this farm system, everyone says, oh, it's so much better, it's so much better. But we don't know who the foundational guys are. And I think that's the criticism right now is that you, you don't, Going back, Rich, I mean, we knew Mookie Betts was going to be good. We had a good idea that Devers was going to be good. You go back, you know, Lester and mm-hmm. Papelbon and Buckholtz, and and you knew that these Ellsbury, Ellsbury, yeah, perfect example. So, and you had an idea, and right now, I don't know if you have a guy, and I know that some people will argue with me, but I don't know if you have a guy that you say absolutely that guy is going to be like Jackson Holiday the guy from the, <laughs> oh, right. the Baltimore Orioles so yeah they don't have that guy but so this is Craig Breslow's job to find out who's at any value value at all and then trade him by the way that's another big thing you got to pump up the value of these guys i love this i love pumping up the value of guys when they know they stink right <laughs> oh, yeah, i mean yeah. so so remember you're you're a historian of the game. I like to think so. Yeah, this is going back to uh, about 2005. Yeah, 2005, the Andy Marte trade. Do you remember this one? Oh yeah. So Andy Marte was the number one prospect in baseball. The number one prospect in baseball, and the Atlanta Braves liked him so much that they traded him for Edgar Renteria. Right. Yeah. So, but you know why? Because John Sherholtz knew he was. R.I.P. to Andy Marte, Marte mm-hmm. but knew he wasn't very good. But they pumped up him all the live long day. 
That's what the Smart. good organizations yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it. And well, and I also going back to the prospects. The uh, I think it's going to be difficult when you have back to back last place finishes and your three top prospects, according to SoxProspects.com, aren't expected to even factor into the major league club in 2024. Like they're all more projected 2025 and beyond. So it's going to be I think tough to keep those guys uh, all kind of intact if you're Breslow when. You know, you might have to make a big trade, and one of those guys is going to have to be involved. Yeah, well, who? so who do they – do you know who they have at number three? They have Kyle Teal at three. All right, so and, – and I think that, you know, Kyle – I haven't heard one person say Kyle Teal isn't going to be good, right? I right. Heard, oh, yeah. But I do hear people talk about Marcelo Meyer. Oh, well, you know, he's had a lot of injuries now. Is, is his shoulder okay? Um is you know he he struggled in double A. Yeah. Roman Anthony, number one guy, he had one really really good year. Good for him, mm-hmm. absolutely. But you're like you said, well, what's going to happen? Meanwhile, the Orioles have like a tidal wave of these. guys. Oh my god, they're up. crazy. Yeah. I mean, they had they had about five of them come up this year, and they all five more next year. And they had the so, rookie of the year this year. They had the runner up in the rookie of the year last year. Like they and they have, yeah. and they have the number one prospect in baseball. <laughs> that's insane. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I think that I get I give Heim and that crew credit for making the farm system deeper, mm-hmm. but let's not get this mixed up. I mean, there's there's still they have to start finding the impact players that you're going to say, hey, you know what? Because let's think about this, Rich. Like we 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 scream and yell about you got to sign an extension. Look at the Braves; they sign all these guys to extensions. Okay, that's great. Who are you signing to an extension? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I know like no. Brian Bayo and Tristan. Ka- okay, but yeah, I guess like, Costas. Actually, I guess Costas would yeah, maybe fit I would, that I would, bill. I would make that argument, sure, yeah. but but it's but it's not like you have these these no doubt about it guys. No, so God yeah. no. Well, uh, Yamamoto, uh, one of the biggest names in free agency, uh, twenty five years old. The uh, we'll have a decision on him by early January, I believe. Right with the. 45-day window. Well, there, yeah, I mean, they, it sounds like probably after the winter meetings. The winter meetings are the first week of December. Okay. Um, and so, again, to pump up the baseballs and boring podcasts, but we just had on a guy who uh, he's he's an expert on Yamamoto. He's awesome. Lance Brzezowski. And he uh, he works for Marquee Network a little bit, used to work for Driveline. But he was the first guy. We spent about 45 minutes, and he actually gave negatives about Yamamoto. Interesting. I loved. Yes. Like, oh, I, yeah, I loved. it's refreshing because everything else is like he throws a no-hitter every time he goes he, out. And you know, yeah. you, know, you know why? You know what the number one reason everyone is so in love with him? Because he's 25 years old. Right. And and he's good, and he's won these Cy Youngs, and he's a good pitcher. But as this guy points out, okay, you know, he, the, people hit a lot of home runs off his fastball. Um, it's it, it it might not necessarily play like it does in Japan. The his his best pitches display. I mean, he can make adjustments, but he portrayed him more as maybe like a number three out of the gate, and Oof. then this this wait and see. Wow. The, not to say that he can't. Yeah, right, and, right, right. But I haven't heard that, so that's uh, right. That's I mean, I, I there's no, it's not a reason why you still don't pay for him. Uh-huh. You know, go after him because guess what? I don't know if you know this. They need number threes, they need number twos, and they need number ones. So it's it's funny because I kept throwing out every time. I I feel old doing this, like, but I kept throwing out Dice Matsuzaka, mm-hmm. right? No, sure. I mean, because. And and really, we we should because it was a different time. But still, 
this was the 25-year-old free agent back then. This was a guy everyone was freaking out about. And and looking back at Dice K's numbers, yeah. um, but Rich... Would you say... No, I think it's a, I think there are two sides to it. Would you say overall Dice K Matsuzaka signing by the Red Sox was a success? Um, They won a World Series. <laughs> yeah, they also won one with Julio no, Lugo. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing. I think the... So what we have to remember, yeah, exactly. He was the Julio Lugo of the starting rotation. He was. Um, but they won a World Series. He was okay. Uh, he actually pitched in the playoffs, and he was okay. Right. Um, and so and it's his first year. All right, we'll give him a pass. The second year, he finished fourth in Cy Young. Which he was insane, eight- though. And I know you covered the team, so I, <laughs> no. could, I could turn the game off if I wanted. You were there for all those games. That was the most maddening sub-three ERA season I think I've ever seen. He threw five innings a game. He walked around the mound for 35 seconds before every pitch. It was insane. The overall numbers, though, if you just, like a lot of the nerds do, look at the numbers, you're like, oh, I got a great year. <laughs> he, he was the best pitcher in the history of baseball <laughs> of walking the bases loaded than getting out yep. oh yeah and 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 then like he it, he was just he was such a, an odd pitcher in that respect but he won 18 games i think he had an era under three he was four he did 2.90 it was unbelievably won he, a bunch of games yeah. it was crazy he was yeah he was fourth in cy young um and he was full of headaches for John, for uh, for uh, who was it? Oh, John Farrell. Yeah, John Farrell was a pitching coach. Yeah, so Frank Cono was still there, and yeah, 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 yeah. But and but then then so he has this year. They the really good team, big part of that good team. Oh, and another thing about him, which was bizarre, is that he was unbelievable against. I don't know how I remember this. Unbelievable against cleanup hitters. If you <laughs> un, like, he was unbelievable. I remember that. Yeah. Unbelievable against cleanup hitters and. God awful against number nine hitters. Like it was. That's cr- funny. Yeah. Everything Classic. about yeah. everything was about him was bizarre. And and then the next year he show he goes to the WBC and he shows up from the WBC after training on an island in Japan for the WBC instead of going to spring training he shows up at the end of spring training throwing like eighty miles an hour. Yeah, it was unreal. Then he was he was like in and out of the like he was just hurt all the time after that. So I think, and by the way and by the way still lives in the area. Yeah, we had a caller recently uh, bring it up. It was saying like he's still a legend over in Japan and yeah. like he lives around here and like could he help sway Yamamoto to come here? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know, but uh, if if Yamamoto, if you knew that Yamamoto was going to have a similar career to Dice K, I wouldn't want him. Really? Yeah, I don't like. I think I would rather inv- like I would take him. Like to your point, like they need a bunch of they need more than one starter. But I think I'd rather take my chances with some of the other starters that are available than uh, a guy like Dice K who's going to throw like. I mean, I guess now 160 innings looks a lot better okay, than it so used to. But let's, let's spin the wheel of free agency. Yeah. Here, here you go. You you have your chance. You can assign this guy to seven years, two hundred million dollars, and you have your yeah. choice. You have Yamamoto or Blake Snell. All right. Well, so I'm just or saying, Jordan Montgomery or Jordan Montgomery. All right. So I personally would take Yamamoto. I'm just saying, if I knew if I knew he was going to be Dice K, then I wouldn't. But I don't think he is going to be Dice K. Like, I'm hoping that he's going to be even better than Dice K. So I'm basing it off of the hype and all that surrounding it. So I would take Yamamoto over those other guys. But I also, I'd be really disappointed if, if he came back in 10 years and you're like, oh, that kind of looked like Dice K's career. Oh, no. That's my I, point. I don't think yeah. there's any question. I mean, yeah. to, to, to answer your question, I mean, everyone thought when, when Dice K showed up, it was the magical pitch. <laughs> yeah, the gyro ball. He has, he, has eight, he has 18 pitches, and I remember, <laughs> I also remember, I have so many good Dice K memories. The first, the first pitch that he threw, 
Johnny Ayers, a punter for Boston College who played for BC, rifled a ball down the line <laughs> for a double. Oh, and, my God. And, and the reason he did was because the Japanese media had asked Daisuke, because it was crazy, this spring trade. They asked him any, everything. So they asked Daisuke, what is going to be your first pitch you throw in a Red Sox uniform? And he said, a fastball. <laughs> so, so Johnny Ayers sat on the fastball good for and Johnny. rifled a double. John, John, yeah, Johnny Ayers, good job. He's in, uh, in the book. That's hilarious. All right, so we will uh, we, we'll talk to Bradfo about Shohei Otani and some of the other big free agents coming up here. And if you want to ask Bradfo any uh, baseball questions, you can at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show. Talking baseball here on WEEI. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. For me, turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night. I hate to interrupt that, the great Adam Sandler, but I only got a few precious more minutes with Rob Bradford. So let me let me keep going with the baseball. I can listen to that song all the time. I, I thought you were going to play the uh, WKRP uh, Les Nessman turkey drop. You ever <laughs> see that one? I did not. No. Oh, oh, no. oh the cla- go YouTube it where, right. it's, where he says when they do a, a turkey drop out of the uh, of the helicopter as a promotion, a radio promotion. Right, right, right. right. And he said, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Right, we'll, uh, we'll effort that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Red Sox offseason, if they could, uh, who should they prioritize? If you could sign one of these, I assume pitchers, but maybe you'll surprise me. It'll be somebody else. Who would be the guy you think would be the the best possible signing? I do. I still think it's probably Yamamoto, but I, I think Snell is a close second mm-hmm. for me. Yep. Uh, because he he walks a lot of guys, but all I know is that he pitched. He's pitched in the American League East. And he's a really, really good pitcher. And yeah, he's thirty years old. He's not twenty five like Yamamoto, but still, it's you need you need to find a pitcher. You need to find pitchers. Yeah, I would say. And and I don't know. It, it's it does get uneasy when a guy like Aaron Nola comes off the board so quick because in terms of the level of pitchers that you need, there's only a few of those guys in the free agency now. If you're willing, you can trade for Corbin Burns, you can trade for Dylan Cease, and those sort of guys, that's fine. But the other guys only cost you money. That This costs you players. Yeah, and it was a couple of weeks ago, I was asking Andy Hart, who was really positive after the Breslow press conference, and he was like, I, he thinks things are going to change. And I, I presented him with uh, Yamamoto, Otani, Snell, uh, who else? And then I think I threw in like Soto and Tatis. Uh, like some, so some other hitters in there too. I go. Do you think they walk away with one of those guys? At least one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And he said yes. Are, are you as as optimistic that they're going to get one of the maybe five best players to change teams this offseason? Uh, if you throw Montgomery in there, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think you have to throw Montgomery. I think that this is one of the reasons why this change was made because they knew that they needed to, to get really uncomfortable. And, and, you know, I've said this before. I said this all throughout the year. Every time Otani was mentioned, there's no chance, no chance, no chance. I'm not going to say there's like a, a good chance, but 
you know, there's a half a percent of a chance more than, and that's more than I would say before, mm. just because I think that that was the message that was sent. We we under we can't have Dodgers fans having parades. We can't have dollar. <laughs> we can't we can't have dollar tickets during Yankee series. We can't do that anymore. So I'll go back to like if if you said to me what's the what's the priority? I know they need pitching. I would I would absolutely say go get Otani. Go get Otani. Mm-hmm. That would be my priority. And find pitching. You can find pitching in, in a variety of ways, but you can't find a Shohei Otani in a variety of ways. And I mean this as a player, and I also mean this as a guy that they desperately need to revitalize this fan base. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and Jordan Montgomery, like, he's, he's nice. He's nice. He's nice. And, yeah. and it'll help you win. Yeah. But uh, they they also, this is a business, and there is nobody in the history of baseball who is better than for business than Shohei Itani. No, that's definitely true, and there's been a lot of debates, and we even talked about it during the season uh, when the Angels didn't trade him away. They kept him, and how much is this guy going to get paid? Like, how much, what is it going to be? And then you get the news that he's not going to pitch at all next season. And obviously there's hope that he'll be able to pitch and do both again in 2025. What's the range now, you think? Now that, you know, time is, is kind of, we've settled it a little bit. You've been able to talk to other uh, GMs and teams. What do you what do you think the kind of money is going to be for him? For Otani? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still think you probably could $500 million. Yeah. And And, you know, I thought... When he's pitching, that'd be six hundred million. But it's and he's going to pitch again. That that's the, 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 you're going to sign the guy for whatever it is, right. ten years, right, right, right. And he's going to miss a year of pitching. Oh well, and, and so I, I do think that it's going to it's it's going to be floor five hundred million. I, that's what I think anyway. Man, and and I think right now, and here's the thing about the Otani situation: they are such on lockdown. They are so paranoid. They have teams. They have the fear of God in teams <laughs> of not leaking anything out, whether it's meetings or whatever it is. So everything you hear about Otani is somewhat guesswork. Um, but I, I think that we can put the pieces together. A team like the Dodgers, well, you know, they didn't spend money here because they're going to go for it there. Right. I don't think that's a that's a huge leap of faith, and I'm, and and I think the Red Sox are the same way. But I, I don't think that you're going to be just because he can walk down the street and buy his shoes at the New Balance outlet. <laughs> let me it means like they they got the inside track. You think Soto or Tatis will end up being traded, and if so, do you think uh, the Red Sox have a, a chance on either of those guys? I think Soto will, and uh, and also what you're willing to give up. We have to remember, it comes mm. back to our conversation about what the Red Sox have in the farm system and what they're willing to give up. Right. The, the other, other teams are better positioned. Now, it's interesting because you have a guy like Sedan Raffaella, which we talk about hyping up a guy. Mm. The Red Sox have been in, in, in full press hype mode on this guy for the last two years. I think he's a major leaguer. I think he's probably a decent major leaguer, but is he the best prospect that's come through the organization in the last 20 years like some people were trying to suggest? No. Yeah. No, <laughs> but strong. Right. Yeah. But it's but you know, he if if he can be a valuable piece in a trade, I just don't know if it's going to be enough compared to some of the other teams. Uh and then lastly for you Bradfo, Justin Turner was awesome last year. He was a, a signing that absolutely hit. He was great for the team, the locker room, on the field everything uh chances that he resigns here 
I I think you have to find out like with a lot of things. It's like with the Otani stuff, you have to find out because he has to be your DH, right? Yeah. So and so he's gonna have to wait a little bit. It's interesting though. Today, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who which has been hot and heavy on Justin Turner, got a third baseman today. Yeah, and that was a position where they could see like him play a little bit there. But uh, but I. I I like Turner. I think he was. It's you know when when you have the MVP, he should have been the MVP, not because he didn't deserve to be the MVP, but when you have a team where that guy is the MVP, then you haven't built enough around him. Mm-hmm. And but he was the MVP probably on the field and definitely the MVP off the field. Well, you were the MVP on the radio tonight, oh, Raffo. I gotta tell you, I appreciate you spending some time here on a Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, talking some baseball, and I can't wait for some of these guys to start signing with teams. It's going to be a ton of fun. But uh, Rob Bradford, you and your family have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. C- can I ask a quick question about Stiz- Stiz's hat? Of course. He, I was a little confused. I was listening to you guys before. Uh, Stiz, you bought a hat? I was going to buy the hat, but it was $120. Yeah, so he's I, out on I that. What kind of hat was it? Like one of these Curious George's hats? or what? Remember when Brian Robinson wore the big hat in the commander's oh. locker room? Like oh, a couple years so ago, I'm last glad, year, yeah. That's where I was going with this. Like whoever bought stock in that company, my condolences. Yeah, tough, it, tough go. I mean, that had a good run for about two minutes, and then the major league. Then I think the Atlanta Braves tried started doing that as a home run celebration, and Major League Baseball's like, nope, sorry, no. can't do it. Well, what happened was it was Robinson's buddy, but he did he like made these hats. So there wasn't like a lot of them in stock, and then they didn't have license to any of the things. And then it was just like, all right, it was a funny, it was a funny joke for like two weeks, and then it was like done. But, so yeah, but, it, it but, burned hot, and then it was it was over. But listen, Stiz trying to keep him in business. Yeah, I appreciate right, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> Bring it right also back. Uh, for Bradford. Yeah. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Pretty good. Bradford, a pleasure, sir. All right, all right. Uh, good, good times, guys. Yep. I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Of course, uh, check out the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Bradfo catching up with everybody, including got to give that one a listen with the uh, the Yamamoto expert actually giving some negatives about Yamamoto. Because I'll be honest, I haven't read or heard a single negative. It was legit too good to be true. Uh, speaking of, uh, the New England Patriots quarterback situation is still a mess. I guess it's not too good to be true. It's just bad. Is really what it is. Uh, you can join us on that as we uh, turn our attention back to football. 617-779-7937. Three hours down, one hour to go here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI.